everybody. Welcome back to Lady Geeks of Society podcast. I'm Gisani. I'm Jenna. And today we're here to talk about episode six, The Choice. Which is an ironic name for this episode. It's weird so. to talk about an episode that doesn't actually exist. It's funny. I have a very vague recollection of this nightmare. It's like... I don't know. I don't know how we're going to talk about an episode that does not exist in canon, but okay. Full disclosure, uh, I have seen this episode twice. I think I blocked out a lot. I attempted to rewatch it, ended up watching seven minutes skipping around, and that was all I could do. So just putting that out there. I watched this episode three times fully through. So I'm a little bit braver than you, but otherwise. Yeah. So. Geese is gonna lead this. I'm gonna. I'm more here along for the ride and to uh, speak about something. Okay. I feel. First things first. Let's just get something out there. I feel like if you guys have been listening to our podcast for a while, or if you've been longtime readers of Marvelous Geeks, you know that we really do not like to spend time talking about things we don't like. It's it's not our jam. I rather spend hours and hours geeking out and singing praises than critiquing the daylights out of something so please know that this is not easy for us and it's not something that we we're not doing it to hate it no it's it's necessary it is necessary and we take no pleasure out of talking about this like this this is not what I thought I would be doing for season two but I am upset yeah same it's it's made the reason we are so upset is because we care so much about these characters and this show this couple this book this story the actors all of them that is where that is why we're so upset otherwise we would not have cared and it'll just been a casual episode like it was for our parents and casual friends who watched and you know weren't so bothered but so please know that now to begin, um, there are some really beautiful, like this episode is directed by Tom Verica and he has some of the most beautiful shots. I will give him that in episode five and in episode six. And I assume because Simone Ashley has talked about him directing bits of episode three, that he has also done the B scene. So you love a lot of his single shots and certain frames that he does, um, so there are some really beautiful shots in this. And one of them, as much as I hate the scene, the shot is just so stunning of Edwina and Mary running down the aisle and their dresses and the petals, like the way that they're moving. That's a beautiful scene. I blocked that out. Apparently I genuinely cannot even picture it. The closet is beautiful to me. That's the only one that's come to mind is the closet. The closet the scene, the mirror, Kate's position, the coloring, the way that like you can see her and she's so small in that mirror, but she's also so small in the closet, like beautiful scenes. So there are some really, and the Haldi scene is just lovely the way that it's shot. There are a lot of beautiful scenes in this. Even the scene with the King and the Queen is so, it's like, it's so fascinating because the camera, the way that it makes you look at it is this, you know, we're in a palace basically but these people, they look so small and so fragile and the way that the room is shot. I don't know. I just, those are three scenes that I think are so beautifully shot. Um, I really like the music in this episode. Yeah. This episode has some of the best music, which there's some lyrics I want to do literally like get away. (laughs) Got to get away. But yeah, the the music in this episode is very, very well done. I love all the, I love all the music. The season, the music is, in my opinion, the modern day classics work better than they did last season. Um, Because I love all of these songs outside of the show as well. Whereas some of the songs from last season, I didn't necessarily care for outside of the show. Uh, But anyway, moving forward. First things first, let's break down the Sharma family and what we get in this episode. We open up with the Haldi scene and um, it's, it's a beautiful scene. It's adorable. It's, I just, it, it's stunning to see this. 
but it's heartbreaking because my notes for that scene were this should have been Kate. This should have been Kate. Like I just repeated that. I was like typing it out repeatedly saying this should have been Kate. I have literally, it's like, um, we are seeing the Haldi scene, the wedding and like getting these glimpses of like Kate getting it. So we see her mm-hmm. getting these things, but it is all through the lens of for Edwina. Yeah not right that's not how you treat a main character no in my eyes I I just feel like they did her really dirty yeah this should have been for Kate unless it was Edwina's wedding to somebody else fine would have loved it if it was to Bagwell but it's like it's it's unfortunate that all these beautiful scenes and stuff for like and like a lot of the stuff that is it does look great of like Kate and everything and like okay, there's that longing, that element that we want this, Mm. but to have, when we're already missing so much from Kate, no flashbacks or anything like this on top of having everything that should be hers in her season and giving it to Edwina. And it's like, it's, she deserves the world. She does not give it to her. And it genuinely upsets me. Same. So yeah, exactly. They, they did her dirty and it's unfortunate because this wedding is to Anthony. If the, uh, like we said, if this wedding was to somebody else, beautiful. I would have loved these scenes. Like I genuinely think writers underestimate how little drama we would have wanted. Especially when we're here for a romance. We're not like, granted, everyone's here for like the whole family. Cause we all love the Bridgerton family. Yeah. I, I love all of them. But at the end of the day, we're here for the romance of these two. Yeah. So. And the scene, (laughs) you know, when she, Edwina says that she's not sure if he loves her because he does not look at her. And Mary looks to Kate to say, you know, the whole, that beautiful speech about how it's your souls that dance and um, why, like, why? I just, I, where did this come from? I don't know. Like where, when did it literally in the last episode, Mary said to Kate that like, you know, when you meet someone and know without a doubt that they are your heart's desire. And then in this episode, it's like she can't tell Edwina. And not to mention the fact that Mary was present in episode four when Daphne says, Anthony, even tempered. Clearly, she was sitting at that table. She could have known that, does my daughter really know this man? That was prop Mary, as we have here. She is a body. Does she even say anything in this scene? Because I couldn't even bring myself to he, She says, um, you know, he, he wouldn't have quickened things along if he didn't love you. Something along those lines. Okay. But like, and I think Wally posted about this in her, again, Wally Nelson on Twitter wrote a fantastic article, essay. man. Fantastic. So many great points. Um, but Mary had said, like you said, she said that. So like, where is... Kate getting this language from like to to say this and does she have a past that we don't know about which I would love to know about is she a hopeless romantic because we haven't really seen that side of her because well she did we do technically find out next week that she would read stories about love to Edwina but we don't know that here so right where is this like coming from yeah so I, I feel like the construction of everything is just off. And also, again, like we're missing out on Mary being a mother here. Yeah. So not to I mention why that they Mary and, you know, there's a meme of this, but it's like, Edwina, I don't know if he loves me, Mary being quiet. And then Kate's like, yeah, that's what I've been saying since episode two. Like he said, he is not going, he cannot give you passion. What makes you think he changed his mind? And that's going to come back like five other times this episode, because I, I don't understand how it's been, he has been crystal clear about what he can and cannot do or feel. And 
Edwina is just does not listen to any of it. No. And that's what makes no sense because again, and we said this last week with Mary and Shelly Kahn, but you have an actress who is clearly capable of range like Teresa Trandran. And you just, you have this dialogue coming out of her mouth that you're like, that makes no sense. If you wanted her to have this big moment of a character journey, you're giving it to an actress who's clearly capable of delivering, give her lines that actually make sense and punch in the right way, not in a cruel way or not in a way where you're like, where is this dialogue coming from? So ultimately, again, a beautiful scene. The music is beautiful. But then let's go to the wedding. I I do love, I will say this. I don't know if you, you know this or if you read it, but they hid Charithra from the whole cast. Oh yeah, you um, told me that. You know, not not to show the wedding dress. And so everyone's reactions is real. So, and especially for me, when you look at Simone's face as Kate, like she's beaming and that is Kate Sharma. That is the loving, just, you know that like Kate would give her entire world for her sister. She does. And in that moment, when she sees her walking down the aisle, her face is so beautiful and proud. And knowing that that's like, a genuine reaction that Simone had makes me even happier, but that is, yeah. Like I do love that. That is so sweet. Yeah. But at the same time, again, I wish that this was Simone. Yeah. Like that they hit Simone Simone from everybody. Mm -hmm. This, this is her season and we don't even get a wedding. Yeah. Fine. Uh, so also though, like Charithra, I shouldn't say Charithra, Edwina (laughs) looks significantly older and more mature in this episode so they really did push her looking younger in yeah other episodes and it's like that made it more uncomfortable and if this is like because it's her making the choice this episode and all that like mm. and her growing up then i mean to be revisiting episode eight then why don't we why don't why doesn't she know who she is in episode eight I feel like everything is just missing the mark. Yeah. So, so, and then she finally, well, the bang, well, no, first she gives up. We need to talk about the bangle. Kate gives her bangles that she brought from India that her mother had given her, her nameless mother, whose name we do not know. Why do we not know our main character's mother's name? I think I literally wrote in here, her nameless mother. She is my queen. I deserve to know her name. We so all deserve to know her, her name. Exactly. We give credit where credit is due. Um, but so she brings these bangles and she gives them to Edwina at first, but Edwina decides, and I really like this. This is a great scene where Edwina's like, these do not belong to me. Like they are yours. You should wear them. They're really beautiful. Um, and she gives them back to her. Like that's a really beautiful scene. I, I love that Edwina kind of like, picked up on that like I understand what my sister's trying to do but like these should be hers and she should wear them even today look at that she has moments of being smart and she is smart she is where she was supposed to be smart and and then really sorry everyone but I am clearly very bitter and I really loved Edwina in the books and their relationship so it's like really hard for me to like this is the culmination of all of the terrible decisions about Edwina's character. So, and then the Bengals, Kate's playing with them during the wedding and they snap because our queen, Kate's nameless mother, decided if none of you are going to stop this madness, I will. Also, you're. this is skipping the part though that um, Anthony is seeing Kate. Yeah, I don't like to talk about that part, but anyway. You don't want to talk about that part? No, I don't want to talk about that part because I hate this trope. I hate the trope of somebody imagining somebody else. Like, this is not how I wanted to see Kate in a wedding dress. For the thousandth time, she deserves better. Yeah, and I don't like this. It infuriates me. Yep, and so... 
realizing this, Edwina snaps finally. And she, she, she's like, I need a moment. And she runs off. Mm-hmm. And again, first of all, Anthony, you idiot. Like the bangle falls and he was like, let me help. And you're just like, it's, it's your wedding day to her sister. What are you doing? What do you, what's happening here? He um, doesn't want to be there. He's doing it for Kate. Clearly. And then for Kate and to piss us all off. And then um, and the thing is, I love Kate's quote because that is exactly what happens. Which one? The, the, a true love is when the rest of the world goes quiet. It is not eyes that meet, but souls that dance, settle into each other, make room for each other until there's nowhere left to hide. Because that's exactly what happens on the wedding. Like, right. yeah, you know, their eyes locked, souls dancing, bangle falling, yeah. hands helping. Yeah. They can't hide anymore. Yep. With uh, her sister between right them. Right there. Literally between the two uh, of them. And then... Can we also just talk about how Kate's dress is the most beautiful dress in the scene? I would like that dress very much. And that color is perfect. Um, I, I just. She just gave me a thumbs up, everyone. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm losing it. I can't. And I've been up since four. So we're going to, we're great pair today. Um. And then Edwina's yelling at Kate and they kick her out. Yep. They basically kick her out of the room. Mm -hmm. And Kate goes and hides in a closet. And that's when we see the beautiful shot of her crying on the floor with the mirror and everything hurts. And she throws the bangles. And I am not well. Yeah. I, I had a, I just had to pause there. Kate is crying in a closet by herself for, for how long? How long is this happening? Because this episode is nine hours too long. How long are the events? I have so many things I want to say. When Edwina is with the queen, she's not alone anymore. Why doesn't Mary go check up on her other daughter? Um, because Mary's a plot device. Like, at no point does anyone check in on Kate unless Anthony sees her. We'll the, talk only reason, about that. the only reason he went to her was because he saw her. Yeah. So. And then there's Anthony going to see Edwina. And I, just, I did not watch this, this scene. Oh, I remember a tiny bit. Not much. Well, she, she, you know, she asked, she says, do you love me? And he just pauses and he says, I understand you. Okay. It's fine. And I, then I don't understand that because if he understands the Sharma sister, it's Kate. Yeah, no, Anthony. And then afterwards he, she says, what of my sister? He says the thorn easily removed from the blossoming flower of our lives. What? The actual, what is this line? Who Who took what to come up with that line? That is not an Anthony line at all. Anthony is, first of all, hates poetry. We're supposed to believe he hates poetry. And what, he only knows weird thorny flower rose-like metaphors? It's so cheesy and cringy. And this whole, like this whole exchange, everything, uh, so many of these just parts of this episode, it's just like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. I. Ugh. Like and she's like harsher to him. Well, that's all I remember. Yeah. Because then he says that to Kate later in the closet. But not really. She doesn't even really scorn Anthony. Like she doesn't really say like you lied or you, um. Like she does not give Anthony crap. It, she's more not the way he not the she, way she gives Kate. No, who she's is more literally giving him. up everything for her. 
Listen, Jenna and I both have siblings. Anyone that has siblings knows that you fight with your siblings. You say horrible things to your siblings, very Mm -hmm. horrible things to your siblings. But there's a line that like, you don't say those things unless you have thought about it. Like if I had a half sister that I loved with my whole being, I would not. And that you grew up as like full sisters. Yeah. I would not consider them my half sister. I would not even think that. So the fact that she says half sister. Of all the things she could have said, like a sister wouldn't betray another. A sister wouldn't sneak behind a sister's back. What you like. It's a line that is intended to cut and wound. But it's also a line that is so deeply out of character that it feels fabricated for television. It does not feel organic. Because here, Edwina could have said, I hate you. Which is something everyone says to their siblings. I would have a thousand times rather than I hate you. Right? Because that that's natural. Yeah. Say that all the time when I was younger. All the time. Especially when you're and mad. Yeah. But half-sister? I wrote. I literally wrote, I'm like, where the F is book, Edwina? Or at least this beautiful love story between sisters. Because all I see is toxic. And the way she's holding herself here. Like, look, I get it. It's like, absolutely fine to be upset. Like, this is upsetting stuff. But the way she holds herself here. And again, the half-sister comment just puts such a nasty taste in my mouth. And she's like, what I am, Kate, is a grown woman. And um, what do you call, uh, a grown woman. And if um, I definitely, I mean, I made some typos here. So just going to decipher this, but she, she says, um, if I choose to marry Anthony, it's because of me and what I want and has nothing to do with you. I, again, flames on the side of my face. Um, because that's, that's the way it's been this entire time. Even when they were on good terms, she chose Anthony and did not listen to Kate the entire season. So where is this coming from? And there's like a few other lines too, where I'm like, this has no logical, you have like your power. Oh God. That's later on too. That's that last did you right, read that still, screenshot I sent like... you last night? No. <laughs> do you want to go there now or do we want to wait until the end for that one? No, I think we should go there because it's, we're talking about Okay, we're going there now. Let me just oh. find that because that's that scene with Anthony, Edwina, and Kate. And I, let me just say I channeled Roy Kent when I was writing these notes for that scene. And yeah, so what Weena's saying to Anthony after she gets them both in the chapel, I cannot marry you and you cannot provide me with what I want, what I deserve. How many times did Kate need to tell you this? I'm like, I'm watching willful ignorance and no sisterly bond, which is what they kept saying we were going to see. And I felt like every single article I saw, well, not every, but I'm sorry anger was just like gaslighting me and I'm I'm just very confused yeah and I mean the again the problem with this is that it comes down to the fact that the writing is not organic it's very forced televised dramatic writing for the sake of drama like it's not Even when she says, I did not ask for any of this, Kate. And you're like, you literally did in the last episode. You said, all I want is to be his Viscountess. That's it. You didn't care about anything else. The dowry, none of it. The issue with your grandparents. You didn't care. You asked for this. Yeah. Again, like there is no logic behind this writing for Edwina at all. And again, I can understand being upset and like jumping to some other things, but there is no 
the the grounded reason as to why she's upset with her makes no sense and she's not even realizing like oh my god my sister has feelings for this man is gonna let me marry him she was about to give up her happiness Mm -hmm. for you to be happy after you said you loved him and uh also she's roasting kate in front of anthony Mm-hmm. Like she's saying all of this in front of her and the whole, you've lost your power. That is victory enough for me. Like what the, f- does this line even mean? Because, and this I, is the thing, like, again, let's, if we're going to be honest about certain things, yes. Cage to a degree is, is bossy. Yeah. And perhaps we can even say that she is controlling. Yeah. But not maliciously. She did nope. not maliciously try to control Edwina's life. She did what she thought she was doing for her. And she she became the parent. She became the older sibling. As an older sibling, we do have a tendency to think that we are right because we have more years ahead of us. We are yeah. also capable of making mistakes. But Again, the dialogue here, you have lost your power, makes it seem like Kate was some malicious stepsister consistently controlling, yes, Edwina's life. And I also don't like that in the closet, because I love the closet scene aesthetically, but I don't like how she says more scheming and plotting. That was my dialogue is putting words in Kate's mouth that has nothing to do with her actions. She wanted a love match for her sister. Even if behind that logic was we need money because we are poor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she did. Right. You know, behind- I do forget about that scheming. But in regards to Anthony, because we're we're looking right now at Anthony and Weena's relationship. Yeah. Right. And that's what Kate was freaking out about in the closet with him, because I agree that that line completely takes me out of the whole closet scene mm-hmm. because I'm like the only time you have schemed and manipulated in regards to Anthony and Weena's relationship and oh, and she says, like, getting her to comply. There has never been once a time where you had to get Edwina to comply to be with Anthony. Yeah. There has been, Edwina has been doing whatever she wanted. And like, it's like, that the, just like boggles writing. my mind. And even though Kate was trying to like manage things a lot, she always, Edwina always had her agency. Mm-hmm. Always. So it's just, that completely pisses me off. And well, back to Wally's article with the one thing that the the writing does not allow either Kate nor Anthony to have is agency. And it acts as though Edwina does not have agency. Like the writing makes it seem like Edwina does not have agency, but Edwina does, especially with her relation, her desires to pursue anthony and to love him if you will so do with that what you will but there it's there and in an episode called choices edwina is the only one with a choice and it's an like an hour and 10 minutes of practically nothing plot wise which listen i'm all for characters I want it. I want it to be character driven, but this is still plot driven. Yeah. Even though Edwina is the only one given any chance to have any agency or choice and Kate and Anthony, our leads are left to just be passive characters. And that is not a way that I would ever expect to describe Kate or Anthony as passive characters in their own story during one of the most important parts of it. So another thing that makes me quite frankly hate this episode. Yeah. Like there's just it again, if we wanted Edwina to have this big character moment of realizing who she is, she could have caught, like we said, she could have caught them last week in the drawing room or the accident could have happened. Mm-hmm. Man, and that would have been so great if the accident happened and like she saw that and be like that's what I want mm-hmm. and Kate could have that mm-hmm. and like it forces her to look a little more into like mm-hmm. everything but without making comments for- about power and control like 
the the writing in this episode villainizes Kate and Anthony. Yeah. yeah. You look back at everything that's happened and you're like, well, and it, it becomes confusing. And I don't want to be frustrated with Edwina because I love Edwina. And again, we said this last week, you have really talented actresses who are capable of so much. And the writing them is just so convoluted and disjointed. You can't piece any of this together. Like, yeah, again, Mary knows, doesn't do anything about it during that holiday scene. Kate, again, is becoming a parent, which fine, grief is a very powerful thing. But at the same time, it makes no sense to have Edwina's writing be so disjointed. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, though, like Kate being like a parent in the holiday scene, but like Mary was starting to like really show herself in the last episode. Yeah. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't she step up now? Exactly. Why? I, I just. It's so and again, like strange. they just kick her out of the room. They have all this, the half sister thing, all of that. And it's, it's cruel on so many ends. It really again, is. Even if Kate was this awful manipulative sister but then why would she be our lead if that's the case like this isn't a character complexity that you grow from it's one that doesn't make sense yeah it really is and it's like it's a shame too because I feel like they could have really explored that more but by pushing the drama it really stunted her growth as a character Mm -hmm. and the lighting yeah and like I I had said this last week to you about how, like, I almost feel like while let's be real, Bridgerton is really drawing in the romance crowd. Mm -hmm. Like it is clearly romance sells. It's ridiculous Mm -hmm. that like people still have a bunch of shit to say about romance, Mm -hmm. but this is almost like what gives romance a bad name that it's just this high drama and these plot points that it's like they want and they thread the story together somehow to get there without yeah. focusing more on the characters. Cause I think one of the, both of us, one of our favorite things about romance is that we see this amazing character development mm-hmm. between two people and the two characters inspiring each other to get better. Mm-hmm. So to have, to focus rather on how can we increase the, st- the stakes? How can we really push the drama how can we, you know, make it more scandalous than last season, but then also not follow through with a lot of those things ends up just hurting it and giving it a bad name. Yep. And if you want to get, the thing is, I don't know why people are still so afraid to get emotional. Like let's go into the Bridgertons for a second, but it's like, we have the bachelor party where Anthony is clearly not having it. Yeah. And his brothers are drinking out of their minds. And none of them care to say, like, they're mocking him, which yeah. we do all the time because Anthony is the king of clowns. But, like, this is a day before his wedding and he's miserable. Yeah. And, like, even in the book, while, you know, we don't see a lot of the, the family in the books, like, yeah. because it does focus so much on each couple as, like, which is fine. I, one of the things I like about the show is that we get to see more of the family, mm-hmm. but in the book, we have that scene of like, you know, they're pissing off Anthony by breaking walnuts and all that stuff. Right. But, but they're still there for him. Yeah. Because at that point, Benedict is like, why don't you go tell your wife you love her? Yeah. And it didn't have to be quite like that, no. but even so they could have worked in something like that where they're still supporting him, but poking fun at him. And then I saw, I didn't listen to the podcast, um, the Shondaland podcast, but I did see that Luke, uh, I listened to that episode actually. You did? Yeah. 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 Now, did he say something about how like, uh, Benedict was, he wasn't there for Anthony as he should have been. I don't remember. I, I think I saw someone talking about that and like, and it's kind of true where it's like, while Benedict is kind of like his best friend this season, he still isn't there for anthony because the writing does not allow it no no like he is there in moments it's like you have that scene where he's like is there something um 
I should what know. What does he say? No, no, that's in that's Seven. last episode. Um, when every when they when Edwina calls off the wedding and they all go into whatever room they're in, and then everyone's like, and Anthony like has his like head in his hand. Yeah, everyone's kind of like bombarding him, and he's like, you know, like let's. What does he say? I can't remember his exact words. I didn't rewatch that scene. I want something to along the lines scene, of but... um. Like what? It just it's not. I I don't remember the exact wording, but it's like, what do you need? Like, what do you need us to do? Like, Benedict is there as the best man, just asking the most important yeah. question of like, what do you need? If you want us all to leave this yeah. room right now, we will. Yeah. And everybody else, Colin is a like pisses me off in this scene. I realize that he's drunk, but it's frustrating. Um, Eloise pisses me off as well. Perhaps yes. she just realized that a, like woman that marriage is a prison like i'm sorry but your brother just got left at the fucking altar yeah they are all such assholes to him except for angel gregory who's just like maybe she wanted to change her dress and then i (laughs) like that's ridiculous she looks beautiful they are the only two with logic daphne is not saying anything because daphne knows exactly what's happening yeah but the rest of them I hated this scene. Eloise Colin, Violet to a degree, but Eloise and Colin needed to be kicked the fuck out of this scene. Yeah. I said what I said and they are my favorite. Like I adore them, but it pissed me off. Yeah. Like I love Eloise and I I hate Eloise in this episode. Yeah. Almost as much as Edwina. I'm going to say that because Eloise sneaking off the day of your that brother's was... wedding to go and see some dude just to find out what his feelings are. Are you kidding me with that? Now, see, what? it's funny because I didn't think about this until I was reading Molly's post because I wanted a relationship between Anthony and Eloise <laughs> so badly us. this season, so badly this season. So that when we got that, like one line of dialogue exchange between them, earlier I'm just like oh so this isn't happening like they're just they're like they don't almost even feel like siblings because there's no there's it's like a non-existent relationship between them and it's a shame because of what happens in Eloise's book like their conversation is beyond like we could still get there like Eloise still needs to mature they all do they're 18 and 21 they both need to mature their little shits right now yeah but like where was Francesca? Because I feel like Francesca could have offered something nice in this moment. Maybe. Yeah. Even just yeah, so quiet, like, it'll be all right, brother. I feel like Francesca would have been that person. Or just silently look that. at him and smile and he would feel like somebody likes him in this family. But they but, really pissed me off. Like, no, I Elo- fully agree. And like, as far as though, like Eloise going away on her brother's like second worst day of his life, like that pisses me off so much too, but I almost wasn't even surprised because again, they have no relationship. It's like, are you and kidding? on top of that, once again, it is plot driven. There yeah. is no moments for characters for them. It's just completely plot driven. And then, sorry, let's talk about Daphne in this moment, because while I do love Daphne in this whole season, MVP. Yeah. Her lines are disjointed as well, because when she says, Okay, if she's logically, if we're doing math correctly, if she was 18 last season, 19 maybe now, I don't know. Timeline does not add up with her pregnancy, but- No, it doesn't, but that's fine. What is time? Um, Let's say she's 20 years old right now, max. Mm -hmm. And Anthony's 29. Yeah. So 10 years ago, give or take, she would have been nine- eight maybe if Anthony was 18 or 19 she would have been like eight nine I don't know yeah as smart and observant as an eight-year-old girl is more than an eight-year-old boy you know she had to kind of be a mother in that moment we see her comforting Eloise but I'm sorry how do you remember that he did not weep once at that age yeah. Why do you assume he did not weep? First of all, he was trying not to freaking weep while he's being bombarded. 
which you did not see. Second, how do you know when he does in private? Like, yeah, that he's not crying when he's by himself and giving in to all the damn pressure. Mm-hmm. And I've always said this. I don't like to coddle male characters or just men because in general, I don't like to coddle people because people do not always need coddling. No, Anthony especially does not need coddling. He's a grown man. Anthony needs compassion and empathy. He does not need pity. However, this is where it gets so clunky because Anthony is also the person that does not let people help him. You know, we have that in the first episode when Violet's like, oh, see that he is well. And he's like, I do not need coddling. Like Anthony pushes people away. That's part of his, that's part of his walls. When their dad died, he started pushing people away. And that includes his family. So it's like, he's just as guilty in this as his family is for not seeing how much pressure he has on himself, how much he is doing. Like Daphne, honey, you would not be married to a Duke if your brother did not take care of the family as well as he did. Nope. So even if none of you are asking him to do these things, society is, it's his job. It's what he is forced to do. And yes, to a degree, it's toxic because Anthony takes it too far. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean he deserves your pity. He deserves compassion and help. Why didn't anyone help him? We did not ask you to do any of this. You didn't, but he has to. And yet nobody, like, this is what I mean. It's like the dialogue is so weird and messy that you're just standing there going, Yes, Anthony is guilty of putting up walls and pushing people away, but why the hell are you pitying him? Like, of course he's going to go around thinking that his family despises him. Yeah. And you know what? I can see, like, Daphne clearly is annoyed that he is doing this to himself. Right. Like, he's yes, digging his I get that. Yeah. And because I feel like- told him multiple times at this point. Yeah. And I- like situation. Yeah. So like, while I don't like the, I pity you line, I, I get where she's coming from. Cause that feels more like a, a sibling thing of like hitting below the belt. Yeah. Yeah. That but one's a little bit still, more, but still it stings. Because yeah. But she, she's like trying to shock him into being like, yeah. do the right thing yeah. for you. And she's frustrated with it. So like, I kind of like, I, that line doesn't bother me quite as much, but no, the man but needs, he really does need compassion. He does because he is pushing even when she's like, you know, fixing his um, bow tie, cravat, it's still a cravat, right? Yeah. Um, which I thought that was such a lovely scene. And I would have loved to see yeah. that. Like if it was Kate's wedding, you know, to have Daphne be like this person next to him. Um, again, everything is tragic. But, you know, and she says, like, I wonder what father would say at a time like this. And she, he was the only person you respected. Like, it's great in the beginning, but it's just like, I just wish there was a little bit more from his family. And like, yeah. I, it's this episode that gets so frustrating with everybody because the lines are so fabricated to feel like TV lines. You know, it's weird. We have a line, like you are the bane of my existence and the object of all my desires, yet it feels organic to me. Yeah. But something like this, I'm like, this is so fabricated and it does not hit me. It's just frustrating me. And you know what, too? Because I remember another reason. Um, anyways, the Shondaland podcast, they were saying how they're like, we like to write complex characters. We're not afraid of getting them dirty yeah. or messy or thinking about likability and all that stuff. And I'm like, OK, cool. I love that. But, but nobody's likable here. No, no one's likable. And like, not even that, but if you're going to push that complex gritty thing or whatever you're, you're pushing, you then, if that's all you're focusing on and not actually creating, um, well, or like having these characters that you've created actually follow through with how they would be reacting or like just having them have that love for each other. It's like, it's almost, I almost feel like they're afraid to have a family because the same thing with the Sharmas, like we've been saying, like they don't have that unconditional, like best friend love yeah. along with a sisterly love. And it's like, they're afraid to show that they're just like showing families that snipe at each other and all stuff. And clearly the Bridgertons are close, but there's still so much going on there that especially in this episode, it doesn't feel like that. At no, all. in this episode, I'm like the prolific respected family. No, none of you are respected. Like I wouldn't respect yeah. any of you. And then Violet, Daphne, what do you know? I don't know, Violet, maybe the same thing, you know, 
And then she yeah, later and she says to Lady Danbury, she goes, what was that? She confirms it. She goes, oh, Daphne just told me what I've been suspecting this entire time. And I know you have to ma'am. I literally got so angry Why at that didn't line. You use your words. Like, are you kidding me? You've been acting like, like, I don't understand. I don't understand something I've feared for so long. Like, what is going on? And the what thing is, is, like, literally, can someone tell me what's going on? Because I am so confused and frustrated. And the thing is, Violet, and you know, we we've said this before, but Violet says, like, we've we said this last week that Violet knows she's absolutely suspecting it. She tries to kind of nudge him to understand, but and then she's like, Daphne, confirm. I'm like. What, why are you shocked at this point? Like, why is anyone acting like this is so shocking? I know. And then them laughing. I'm like, they're laughing because no. this whole episode is a joke, right? Yeah. That they're laughing. So is they that it? cry. And then, you know, what line drives me insane when the queen goes, what has happened to my wedding? Like yep. what? Who's what it is? It's, Can you confirm that again? Just a little louder. It is. People it's in the back. It's the queen's wedding. And it's like, again, this is Kate and Anthony's season. They should have gotten a wedding, their wedding. Cause this is the queen's wedding. This is a farce. This is not a wedding. The end. And also, can I just say the whole thing with like lady Danbury saying the first time in my life, I don't know what to do. Like, Neither this do is it. This is when you're going to pull out that line. We're going to pull no, out no, that actually, line. No, no, actually, I love that line. Because I was like, we made Lady Danbury lose her words. That's how you know that this is disjointed. I, I will give you that. That they, they, like, got they did not know what to do with Lady Danbury. And that's when you know that they messed up. Yeah. Because I'm, I was about to say, like, you're going to pull out that line in season two. You're going to get there already in season two. You wanted to go that far. So what's going to happen next season? Oh my God. What's going to happen next season to make Lady Danbury like not know what to say or not know what to do because we've already done it. And like in, we, we've talked about it, like romance is repetitive Be- and it's repetitive for a reason because we're watching a love story unfold. There are going to be things that overlap, of course. However, what doesn't have to overlap is these situations is like Lady Danbury not knowing what to do. This formula of um, scandal and whatnot. That's going to get old. The love story isn't going to get old. Them playing with different characters is not going to get old. But the formula of scandal and all this other stuff will. So at one saying. point, the queen also says, I do not have time for any of this. And in my notes, I wrote, neither do I. But here we are. Yeah, I, I literally can never watch this episode again. Like, and then I also just wrote, like, why should we care about any of this, like, reputation at this point? Like, why do we care about reputation and ruin scandal? Like, what is the point? Literally. Again, they made such a big deal out of Edwina can call off the wedding. Yeah. No problem. But then also a broken engagement is a ton of scandal. Which it would be. So, And then... Anthony like it's just it's it's such I I genuinely cannot handle how I'm (laughs) oh my god (laughs) you know it's funny because there was a time when we thought this episode would be 10 minutes because we didn't want to talk no yeah that's that's funny um can we talk about a beautiful scene in this episode that is very beautiful but i do not understand the purpose of it in this episode but okay the scene with the queen and the king oh yeah i did actually forget about that like that is genuinely a really beautiful scene charitra golda i don't know the actor's name who plays the king but there's so much warmth in that scene that like that's why I'm saying like, it feels so disconnected from this episode because you really, I think yeah, that is actually a good scene. It's book Edwina. Yeah. Observant with her heart on her sleeve, knowing exactly what to do to pick up the pieces in the moment. Observant Edwina. Observant Edwina. And this, just this episode alone. 
it, like there it is. It's in this moment. I, I can't like literally we're going to have her have all these character traits, but pretend they don't exist in the first five episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's genuinely such really a beautiful fine. scene. Like it is a beautiful, so beautiful. Scene. I cried the three times that I watched it. Like I choked up because again, Charithra and Golda are so both of their facial expressions are really compelling, especially as the queen, like you really see so much of it dawn on her and you kind of, you're like, okay, I guess this is why you, you push for entertainment so much because you want to be distracted from what's happening inside your home. Yeah, um, that is, so that's a great point. It's funny though. Cause like, I remember watching it the first time and being like, oh, this is a great scene. Yeah. And then I think the second time I was just so I, I like angry cried. Yeah. The second time. And then that thing you get when to the scene, she was like, walking down the aisle brilliant scene in this episode that I don't like. I like literally, I will never rewatch this episode. No. Like I, I was re- so upset watching uh, Edwina walk down the aisle. I'm like, yeah. this is not what this was supposed to be. No. I do love the closet scene though. I have a weird, it's because I just, Anthony's face when he's like a closet. Like that's your that's your I, I wish it was in a better situation because yeah. I I would normally like a scene like that, but again, that whole line of the the scheming to get her to comply, yeah. done, took sense. me out, done. Like I again, when I watch clearly videos, everyone, when you piss me off, sometimes I'm I'm done. Like it's not even like I'm still clearly I'm still angry, but like you have nothing over me. When you watch these scenes, like when I watch these scenes in fan videos, out of context, I don't get angry. But and yes. it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Because they Sometimes are again, they're beautifully shot. The the scenes in this episode are really beautifully shot. And then there's the matter of their first kiss. And I love the track that's playing. Um, I like the track that's playing, and that is all I like about I, that. And like what about us? I really love Sign of the Times. I really love like those two are like the best parts of the wedding. Yeah. Um, so again it's but it's a mess it's it's a mess and every and the the worst part of this is the worst part I genuinely think is is the fact that it's episode six in eight episodes it's more than 50 percent into the season if this was episode four yep if this was episode four and we had four episodes to clean it up I wouldn't have been significantly less angry because then I'd be like okay maybe there's something that the writing is trying to it's like halfway through if you change the design it sort of makes sense but 70 percent in changing the design you're just like why what what where who when Colin and Penelope even pissed me off in this episode because you know what? Colin, oh my God, I'm me too. tired of you talking about your purpose. Let it go. Same. And like, he's, you know, he, he says that to Penn, my purpose in life and all this stuff. And he like drinking. And I'm like, Colin, can you actually act like a friend and ask about her? You say you're friends and she has to offer something to him because he doesn't so. ask. Clearly, he. Can't. But then he says, "Oh, Lady Crane was right about you. That's nice. Yeah, it was nice. But I'm still annoyed at you. Yeah. Honestly, the best part of this episode is Prudence just like trying to match the sh- the um, statue moving, and she's just yes. in the background like mimicking it. I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know. I want I whatever rather, you. I want whatever Kool Aid you have because I would take an hour and ten minutes of that over whatever I just yep. want. Well. Yeah, it's it's not it's a messy episode. And again, it's messy because it doesn't follow through with any of the dialogue from the seasons before. Everyone is just an asshole to the leads. And then the leads are villainized and they're all of their mess comes out, but it doesn't even come out in a way that's like satisfying. Again, we were talking about likability and complex characters, but it's like there's a moment when a complex character is Let's talk about Emma and the the incident with Miss Bates. That is one of the ugliest scenes in that book. It's horrible. It's so cringy. But when Emma- But it's so believable. Right, exactly. Because when Knightley scolds her in that moment and it clicks to her that you she was genuinely cruel, you're not 
sympathizing with Emma at that point. You're not sitting there going, oh, okay, like, yay, now I forgive you. But you're sitting there going, she's realizing her wrong, that yeah. she was actually wrong. She was, you know, scolded in a way that works, in a way that's in character for both Knightley and her. Mm-hmm. It came from the person that knows exactly how to talk to her. And she's realizing her mistakes. And in all the movie adaptations, they actually allow her to apologize. So that's a satisfying moment of like a complex character sort of getting the water thrown on their head. Yeah. And realizing their mistake. In this episode, everything built up to that. Exactly. And Kate and uh, Anthony are villainized in this because, you know, they're sneaking behind Edwina's back, all of that, that mess that has built up. But you're just kind of sitting there going, okay, but why should I even care? Mm-hmm. Why should I care? Because Edwina did say, I want nothing more to be his Viscountess. And now she's making it seem like Kate just was trying to deny her feelings for Anthony. So she was just throwing Edwina on him. Yeah. Like, like I, I genuinely don't understand. Because the only time, no, and the only time Kate ever schemed about Anthony was the last five minutes of the last episode, because it's what Edwina wanted. Otherwise, she never supported this. Again, it makes no sense. What if it, like, it would be so much more believable because it would make sense for Edwina to be like, oh, is this why you didn't want me to be with him? Yeah. Like, be like, why didn't you tell me the truth? And then she could be like, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel that. I just feel this. Like, cause then yeah. she's still denying it. Yep. Like, Edwina could still be pissed, but she's still her sister. Like, I just, yeah, you have all this compassion and this observe, like her observational skills with the, the queen and the king. A kinder and- person. Like she's supposed to be the kind one. And I know that kind, and I am the first person that say, do not ever test a nice person. Yeah. Because they will throw fire. You know, we see that in Ted Lasso. I, mm-hmm. I always consider myself a very nice person, but if I, that does not mean that I, I can't be pushed. But there are lines where, again, you're like, half-sister, you lost your power. That Have Edwina yell and scream, but have the words that come out of her mouth be organic and make yeah. sense. Or- And not just be like, like nasty. You know, like, it's like, she's just, again, she has every right to be frustrated, but like, have it, like you said, the words need to make sense. How could you do this to me? Of all the people I trusted you the most. Again, I hate you. I would have taken, I hate you. Like There are so many organic ways to have gotten this across and they chose fabricated dramatic lines for the sake of television. And this is not the case of, oh, one medium translating to another is not going to be the same because that is not true. You can still have dramatic, maybe even, I don't know, over the top language, but still have it feel organic. Yeah. So that's that. Um, And then this is not in the article, but Ollie and I were actually talking about this of if their first kiss, like, I would have, she, she mentioned this and now I can't unsee it, but I just wish that they like burst into like laughter on that altar, kind of like Lady Danbury and Violet. So they don't cry and then kiss at that moment and then separate and come to this like really serious thing of we messed up, but we are also colliding now. I would like that a lot more but I still think I wouldn't be okay with this. Whole that, that at that point, you're so delusional that you're like, that makes sense, man. I get it. But you know what? Like, like I agree though. Like that would have been better. And it, I felt like it definitely would feel more organic of them just like at their wits end. But at the same time, it's like, I almost feel like I could be a cop. Out. <laughs> so you don't cry. Oh yeah. I mean, that's what we were doing the entire time. Anthony's saying that Edwina was braver and wiser than both of us for making that she had the courage to act on what she sensed between us after she spent five episodes completely willfully ignorant. (sighs) Like literally, you know what? Yeah, let's just end this because 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. None of it makes sense. None of it adds up. I got nothing. Yeah, but like literally even like, I'm like, I feel nothing at their first kiss. So I feel it in the second one. So again, fan videos. For me, fan yeah. videos have healed my my wounds and yeah. stitched them back up. So yeah. Out of context. So what would you rate this episode? Great. Just no You know rate. what? No rating. You know what I want to give it, but I, I abstain because I can't, I literally physically cannot get myself through watching this another no, time. Same. Anyway, that's all for episode six. I, it's just... I'm it's sorry if we got a little too harsh. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So yeah. we'll be back next week to talk about Harmony, which is an episode I have feelings about. I I love next week's episode. I'm excited to watch it and feel good feelings. <laughs> Same. We will link everything that we talked about in this episode in the description. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lady Geeks Pod. And Instagram at Lady Geeks Podcast. And we'll see y'all next week. Until next time.